Hello, friends, and welcome to day number 26 of Bible in a Year with Pastor Steve. I'm so happy that you are here joining us on this journey. If you're a first-time guest, welcome to the podcast. It's my hope that you will enjoy today's readings and devotional and that you will draw closer to God because of this new and holy habit which you are seeking to develop with us. Our goal is to finish up the entirety of the Bible by the end of this year. So today we'll be reading from Leviticus chapters 9 through 12, although for the devotional I'll be reading on the podcast 9, 10, and 12. You should also read Psalm 26 and Proverb 26. Again, I'll be using the World English Bible. This is a public domain Bible so that I can have it on the podcast, but you are welcome to use any translation that you find comfortable. Uh, If you don't know where to start, the New International Version, the NIV, is a good place to go. It's kind of a middle-of-the-road translation. It's not a technical one that's word-for-word translation from the Greek, like the NASB. And it's not a complete paraphrase, like you would on the other end of the spectrum would expect from the message version of the Bible. That's a paraphrase. So friends, uh, we will be jumping into the readings here in just a moment, but I would like to invite you, if you're missing the Bible in your reading plan, that you can go to the link that's in the show notes uh, and download it there. You could also find our Facebook page, which I hope you'll join and let me know where you're listening from so we can see um, where we're all checking in from across the world. We have people from all over. Uh, I wanted to welcome our listener who is joining us for the first time from the lovely nation of Ireland. So welcome to you. We hope that you'll continue to stay with us and that you might invite some friends. This is for everybody. Invite a friend or two, a family member, an acquaintance to join the journey. Uh, This is part of our mission is to spread God's word across the entire world. So without further ado, friends, let us jump into the readings. Leviticus chapter 9. On the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel, and he said to Aaron, Take a calf from the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without defect, and offer them before Yahweh. You shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Take a male goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both a year old without defect for a burnt offering, and a bull and a ram for peace offerings to sacrifice before Yahweh and a meal offering mixed with oil, for today Yahweh appears to you. They brought what Moses commanded before the tent of meeting. All the congregation came near and stood before Yahweh. Moses said, This is the thing which Yahweh commanded that you should do, and Yahweh's glory shall appear to you. Moses said to Aaron, Draw near to the altar and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people. And offer the offering of the people, and make atonement for them, as Yahweh commanded. So Aaron came near to the altar, and killed the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. The sons of Aaron presented the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood, and put it on the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the base of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the cover from the liver of the sin offering he burned upon the altar, as Yahweh commanded Moses. The meat and the skin he burned with fire outside the camp. 
He killed the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons delivered the blood to him, and he sprinkled it around on the altar. He delivered the burnt offering to him piece by piece and the head. He burned them upon the altar. He washed the innards and the legs and burned them on the burnt offering on the altar. He presented the people's offering and took the goat of the sin offering, which was for the people, and killed it, and offered it for sin, like the first. He presented the burnt offering and offered it according to the ordinance. He presented the meal offering and filled his hand from there and burned it upon the altar, in addition to the burnt offering of the morning. He also killed the bull and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings, which was for the people. Aaron's sons delivered to him the blood, which they sprinkled around on the altar, and the fat of the bull and of the ram, the fat tail and that which covers the innards, and the kidneys and the cover of the liver, and they put the fat upon the breasts, and he burned the fat on the altar. Aaron waved the breasts and the right thigh for a wave offering before Yahweh as Moses commanded. Aaron lift up his hands towards the people and blessed them. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting and came out and blessed the people. And Yahweh's glory appeared to all the people. Fire came out from before Yahweh and consumed the burnt offering and the fat upon the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Leviticus chapter 10. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered strange fire before Yahweh, which he had not commanded them. Fire came out from before Yahweh and devoured them, and they died before Yahweh. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what Yahweh spoke of, saying, I will show myself holy to those who come near me, and before all the people I will be glorified. Aaron held his peace. Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Draw near, carry your brothers from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they came near and carried them in their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons, Don't let your hair on your heads go loose, and don't tear your clothes so that you don't die, and so that he will not be angry with all the congregation. But let your brothers, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which Yahweh has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tent of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of Yahweh is on you. They did according to the word of Moses. Then Yahweh said to Aaron, You and your sons are not to drink wine or strong drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting, or you will die. This shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. You are to make a distinction between the holy and the common, and between the unclean and the clean. You are to teach the children of Israel all the statutes which Yahweh has spoken to them, by Moses. Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons who were left. Take the meal offering that remains of the offerings of Yahweh made by fire and eat it without yeast beside the altar, for it is most holy. And you shall eat it in a holy place because it is your portion and your son's portion of the offerings of Yahweh made by fire. 
for so I am commanded. The waved breast and the heaved thigh you shall eat in a clean place, you and your sons and your daughters with you, for they are given as your portion and your son's portion out of the sacrifices of the peace offerings of the children of Israel. They shall bring the heaved thigh and the waved breast with the offerings made by fire of the fat to wave it for a wave offering before Yahweh. It shall be yours and your sons with you as a portion forever, as Yahweh has commanded. Moses diligently inquired about the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it was burned. He was angry with Eliezer and with Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, who were left, saying, Why haven't you eaten the sin offering in the place of the sanctuary, since it is most holy? And he has given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make atonement for them before Yahweh. Behold, its blood was not brought into the inner part of the sanctuary. You certainly should have eaten it in the sanctuary as I commanded. Aaron spoke to Moses, Behold, today they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before Yahweh. And such things as these have happened to me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would it have been pleasing in Yahweh's sight? When Moses heard that, it was pleasing in his sight. Leviticus chapter 12. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as in the days of her monthly period she shall be unclean. In the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. She shall continue in the blood of purification thirty-three days. She shall not touch any holy things, nor come into the sanctuary, until the days of her purifying are completed. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean two weeks, as in her period. And she shall continue in the blood of purification sixty-six days. When the days of her purification are completed for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the door of the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. He shall offer it before Yahweh and make atonement for her. Then she shall be cleansed from the fountain of her blood. This is the law for her who bears, whether a male or a female. If she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two young pigeons, the one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. The priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. Gracious and eternal God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day and for the gift of your word. We pray that you meet us in it, speak to us, guide us, apply your truth to our hearts and our minds so that we might follow you more closely and effectively. For your glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, to help situate us with regard to where we wound up at the end of last week and where we're starting today, on Leviticus chapter 8, we saw that there was the call for the anointing and the ordination of the priests, and all of that work was done. God said that it's going to take seven days, and now here in chapter 9, we see that this is the eighth day, and the priests begin to do the work of their ministry. And there was a calling for the priests to make a special sacrifice, a sin offering, a burnt offering, and a fellowship offering, so that the glory of God 
could come and appear to all the people. And that's exactly what happens. And it leads to a time of worship where the people are shouting for joy and falling down on their face because of this glorious presence. Now, in chapter 10, we see that Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, did something that was not authorized and was not commanded. What happens is they take their censers, they fill it with fire and incense, and they burn it. You'd think it would be a good thing, right, as an offering to God. However, they knew what the commandments were. They knew that God's presence was a holy presence and cannot stand in the presence of sin. And they did it anyway, which means they were accountable for their actions. And because God is a just God, well, uh, and he's a holy God who said that this is how you are to approach me so that you are safe, so that you are thriving. If you go and do something in uh, in violation of what God has commanded, there are consequences. And unfortunate for Nadab and Abihu, it cost them their lives. Now, as we approach chapter 11 and beyond, we see a shift happening. So Leviticus is the instructions once again to the congregation and also to the priests on how to live in right standing with God, since God's presence is with them. Uh, Prior to these chapters, it dealt with mostly external things uh, to the body, right? The actions of people and so on and so forth. Now it's shifting more inward. Uh, And you'll see this because it's talking about food, and then later on there's going to be talk about skin conditions and all of these things that originate from within the body. And it deals with cleanliness and uncleanness and making sure that there is ceremonial purification to deal with these things. This is where we're heading with these chapters. But in chapter 11, it's dealing mostly with food. And you'll see that there's a ton of restrictions here on what is considered clean eating, what they're allowed to eat in the presence of God, and what they're not allowed to eat in the presence of God uh, at risk of causing themselves to be unclean and having to basically sit outside of the community or outside of worship because they are made unclean. If you fast forward after the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in Acts chapter 10, we'll see that the Apostle Peter gets a special vision. Uh, God was preparing Peter for a very special moment in redemption history, and that is the engrafting of the Gentiles into fellowship and into the family of God with Israel. And the vision that he receives in Acts chapter 10 is a sheet of all sorts of animals coming down. And by the way, he's hungry, he's sitting on a rooftop and Um, maybe even getting a little hangry, I don't know. But he sees this vision of these animals coming down and they're clean and unclean. And the voice, God's voice is saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And what's Peter's response? But he says, no, Lord, I've never eaten anything that's impure or unclean. He is remembering the stipulations that were laid out here in Leviticus chapter 12. But God was doing a new thing. He says, don't call anything unpure that God has made clean. You see, when Jesus came and he had his ministry and he lived his life, his perfect life, he fulfilled the law for us. And he offered to us the freedom from sin, which means we can now live 
in a very different way. It's it, nothing from the outside technically can make us unclean anymore because all of that has been dealt with. Now, later on, Paul would say, does that give you uh, the authority to go around and sin because Jesus has taken care of all that? No, we should, as followers of God, want to be a holy people as he is holy. This is one of the commands that you'll see throughout Leviticus. But things like wearing certain types of clothing and what we eat, that does not have any bearing on holiness anymore. Yes, even with the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit, living within us. We are the new temple, the new tabernacle. And food can't mess up that relationship because Jesus made a way for us to be reconciled to God. And finally, friends, in chapter 12, it's a short chapter, and it's all about purification after childbirth. Now, there's some regulations here about the time of uncleanness and the impurity, if you will, after you give birth, a woman gives birth to a son and also to a daughter. And if you're reading that, you're like, why is it twice as long for when a woman has a girl? Is that saying that women are of less importance and of less stature than, than men? Are they more impure, so to speak? And the answer to that is no. And actually, there are several theories out there if you read through the commentaries as to why uh, there would be this extra amount of time required for a woman to become purified or become clean again after giving birth to a daughter versus a son. And one of the theories is that, and it's actually backed by science a bit, is that it takes more time for a woman embryo to form inside of the womb. Hence, perhaps, that there may be more time required. This was the understanding of the early Hebrews and the Greeks as well. There might be more time required for the uncleanness to go away from the childbirth process. There are some other theories out there as well. Another possibility is that a mother and a newborn, this is according to the interpretation commentary, that they require a longer period of purification because at childbirth there is a loss of blood. And as we've seen um, through scripture, it's considered that life is in the blood. So when you lose blood at childbirth, that you as a woman are in a more vulnerable state, immunologically and physically and so forth, and that that needs to be guarded. And because a daughter is a future mother who has a special place in this creative process of conception uh, and, and bringing about new human life, the special relationship and call that God has given women, that that needs to be guarded. And as we know, that children are more vulnerable um, in terms of immunity and so forth, uh, that that needs to be a longer waiting period to ensure that both mother and daughter will be well taken care of and preserved. So it's not that women are more sinful or more impure or lesser than men. That has nothing to do with it. You really need to peel back the layers to understand where the Hebrew minds were at the time. So I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, friends, I really enjoy walking with you through this Bible in a year process. I'm considering 
offering an occasional kind of live uh, session via Zoom or something like that where we could all get together and uh, ask questions and maybe do a special uh, study online. If you're interested in that, just let me know. You can do that on the Facebook page. I'd be glad to, uh, to meet you all in that way and for us to continue to learn from each other. But until tomorrow, friends, I hope that you have a very blessed day.